On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Joe Putnam. We had an amazing conversation all around the kinds of numbers in your e-commerce business or your business in general, the kinds of numbers to focus on, the kinds of numbers not to focus on, why return on ad spend is just such a horrible metric that is honestly antiquated today and doesn't actually tell you much of a story and the number to replace it with. You guys are not going to want to miss this one. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, How about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news, our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world, but we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, have you tried 8fig? No, don't worry. I'm not talking about that new fad diet. I'm talking about 8fig, the planning and funding platform. 8fig partners with experienced e-commerce sellers to help you scale with planning tools and incremental funds. So how exactly does 8fig work? Well, to start, 8fig works with you to understand your business plan and to focus on what's already working in your business. Then you put together your costs and the inventory that you're going to need and 8fig optimizes your cash flow to fit your unique supply chain needs for the next six months and beyond. Once you've signed on to the growth plan, you're going to get the funds that you need when you need them according to your plan. What's especially great is that you don't have to start paying the cost of capital until after you've started to sell that inventory that 8fig is funded. This gives you breathing room for your cash flow. In addition, the plan is flexible, so you can change it as you go. Sell or more or less than you expected? Don't worry about it. You can revise your plan. Your shipment is delayed or your inventory is ruined. They'll work with you on it so that you can adapt as you go, keeping your business stable and sales thriving. On average, 8fig sellers experience 2x growth in their first year, all while stabilizing their cash flow, avoiding stockouts, and taking control of their supply chain. You already know that you're an 8-figure seller in the making. You just need an experienced and strategic partner to help you scale with confidence. So learn more at 8fig.co. That's the number 8 fig.co and make sure to mention upgrowth during sign up for 5% off the cost of capital of an eight fig growth plan. Now onto today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of secrets to scaling your e-commerce brand. Today I am joined by Joe Putnam. Uh, we are really looking, I'm sorry. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I think Joe is too. I think that, that we're both really looking forward to this conversation. Joe is uh, an e-com uh, numbers expert. We're going to talk all about, you know, what it takes to the the kinds of numbers that you need to know 
um, to scale up? And do you actually even know what your numbers are? So we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff like that, really relevant to probably a lot of you guys right now, especially in 2022. You know, things are things are difficult. <laughs> this has been a really, really tough year. I saw somebody today post on LinkedIn, hey, anybody uh, in Q2, both growing and profitable? <laughs> and uh, and it was just crickets. There's there's no responses on there. So you are not alone uh, if you're listening to this and you were having a, you struggled, especially in Q2. Q2 was, was brutal. Anyway, uh, Joe, welcome. Welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Jordan, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So for people who know nothing about you, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I uh, have a team at Conversion Engine and uh, we work with D2C e-commerce brands and we help them make more with their email and SMS marketing. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. And But today, we aren't necessarily talking about email and SMS. Not that I don't want to. I love email and SMS. Love talking about that kind of stuff. Today, we're going to be talking more about numbers, right? So why don't why don't we get into it, Joe? Uh, you know, when you reached out uh, to be on the podcast, I was really interested in sort of the angle that you were taking on this. So walk me through that. What kind of numbers are, are we talking about that brands may not even know what they're looking for? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it all started with, I mean, we've worked with over 50 e-commerce brands. And now after doing that, I'm surprised at how many uh, store owners don't know their numbers, you know, as well as they need to. I guess surprised and also not surprised since it's, you know, it's it's pretty technical and nobody likes looking at their, their P&L and, and it takes time to understand what you're looking at. But what we've learned is, you know, if you don't know your numbers, then you're not going to be able to scale. Uh, you're not going to be able to grow. And uh, interestingly, it actually comes from two different directions. One of them is the obvious one where if you're losing money, you won't be able to, to grow or scale because you're going to run out of money. So if you don't know your numbers well enough and you're losing money, that's a problem. But the other one that's yeah. more interesting is you could actually be making good money, but if you don't know your numbers, you don't quite realize how, how much you're making and you don't know how much you're going to make at each level as you grow and as you scale. So mm, you can miss an opportunity yeah. to to pour gas on the fire uh, simply because you don't quite know your numbers as well as, as you could or should. Totally. What are some of the reasons that people may not understand those numbers exactly and when to hold back and when to pour gas on? Like, what, what's the reasoning for that? Sure. I mean, yeah, first of all, like I said, I mean, it's, it's not an easy thing to wrap your head around. Crunching numbers isn't super easy. But I, I think the other side of it is, you know, e-commerce numbers, there's two things that we look at and pay close attention to. And separating the two ends up making a, a big difference and helping people understand their numbers, where they are, where they want to go and where they'll be when they go. So we pay a lot of attention to separating your variable costs from your fixed cost. And mm, knowing gotcha. the difference between those two and keeping an eye on those two makes a big difference. And the reason is- Do you want to give me an example of var variable and fixed? Sure, yeah, yeah. So um, variable costs would be things obviously like your cost of goods sold, uh, your shipping, you know, picking and packing with your 3PL, packaging, credit card fees. Essentially, the costs that go up with every order that goes out. Um, so every time you- Percentage, percentage costs. Right, percentage, percentage of your sale. Whereas fixed cost is going to be salaries, rent, software, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think that's one thing that people don't realize as they scale up that, you know, rent now goes down. Lots of your staff costs actually end up as a percentage going down, right? And that's the beautiful thing about more revenue, right? <laughs> is that is that those costs can actually go down as a percentage of your P&L. Yeah, no, that's exactly the point, which is, you know, and I'm curious to know kind of your thoughts on this, but from what I've seen, kind of the 65 to 80K per month range, uh, especially the 65K range is a little bit of a no man's land where you're, you know, it looks like you're making money on paper, but because of your fixed costs, 
you know, you're maybe breaking even or you're may barely making any money. But let's say you scale to 150,000 a month or you go beyond that, your fixed costs stay the same. So it's a much smaller percentage, you know, the amount you're paying your marketing agency, the amount you're paying for rent, the amount you're paying for yourself, whereas, you know, your your overall profit goes up. So the amount of profit you make at 150 is significantly higher at 65,000. I mean, it's important to know the difference between those two. Otherwise, you might get stuck at 65 thinking, hey, I'm not making any money when really you need to just blast through and get to a, a better level. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So Joe, talk, talk to me about some of the wisdom that you've learned over the years of looking at all these e-com brands, looking at the numbers. What are what are some more pitfalls that people are falling into? Yeah, um, yeah, pitfalls. And if you have any specific questions, let me know. Um, you know, I think another one is um, basically, I mean, one of them would be, I think, paying too much attention to the return on ad spend. Why is that so dangerous, Joe? <laughs> why, like, why why looking at ROAS is, why is that dangerous? Because I've got all sorts of thoughts about sure. that. Sure. I'd, I'd love to know what those are. But but yeah, essentially, you know, people get people get really focused on ROAS and kind of, in a sense, think their overall business health comes down to that one metric. But really, you know, ROAS doesn't tell you how much money you're making. And, you know, it doesn't tell you what your profit is. And I guess the catch there is, and here, here's just my example that I would give. Personally, if I had an e-commerce store, I would rather have a two ROAS um, and make 50,000 a month in profit than have a five ROAS and make 10,000 a month in profit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you need to know kind of how that ties into the rest of your marketing. But you know, that's, so that's one pitfall I would say, if you get over-focused on that, pay attention to it too much, you can lose sight of the big picture and, and, and lose track of everything that way. I want to step in here on the return on ad spend conversation because this is something, you know, also as, you know, beyond a brand owner, I also own an agency as well. And this is something that we've really been trying to to instill in our clients and try to get them to understand of why we don't focus on return on ad spend. So a really good instance is today I am running a sale on one of the brands that I own. And I'm going to go into Triple Whale. Guys, love Triple Whale, one of our sponsors. And uh, it's been an awesome day. We've done 70K in sales. Really great. Uh, and our return on ad spend is 74.5. 74.5. Is that real? No, of course, that's not real, right? The only reason that that's real is that Facebook just happened to hit some people right before they were about to purchase on a view through or something, right? Like that does not equate to advertising success. Now, what does equate to advertising success in my mind is this number right here new customer acquisition cost. That is what I'm obsessed with. That is the number I focus on every single day. When that goes in this particular brand, when that goes above 50, I'm freaking out, right? I don't care what the return on ad spend is. I know that my average customer spends $480 over their lifetime. So I will spend $50 all day to acquire them. I don't care what the return on ad spend is on day one. It doesn't matter to me because I know I'm in it for the long haul. Right. Um, so that's my my sort of short version of why I'm obsessed with not looking at return on ad spend, because it, it's such a funny number. Sure. Now, look at this is this doesn't mean I don't believe in performance. I love performance and getting really good results. It's just you need to know which number to focus on. So th this is, again, why I was so excited to have this conversation. I was going to say this number, this conversation with Joe. Joe, talk to me about what area of the PNL uh, that you would focus on. If you were looking anywhere, where is that highlight on the PNL that really tells the whole story? Yeah. And, and actually, you mind if I give you one example before we go there? Oh, absolutely. Um, just along the lines of what you were saying, a metric we pay a lot of attention to is uh, marketing efficiency ratio um, or MER. And basically, you know, so that number tells you kind of 
little bit more of the picture than just ROAS itself. So it's your total revenue divided by your total ad spend. And it's valuable yeah. for a couple of reasons. But the first one is, you know, your email marketing and your SMS marketing is going to contribute to that. And so if you're just looking at ROAS, you're only looking at one piece of your marketing, um, you know, which means you're missing, hey, how is all of our efforts? How are they contributing? How are we doing? Um, so MER is a great yeah. kind of a quick profit snapshot way to look at it. But another one is we were looking at an account the other day or helping a company uh, store and the agency that we're working with was bragging about a 20 or 18 ROAS, I forget what it was, but 80% of the purchases were branded. So people are searching for their brand and then, you know, getting credit. And, you know, I don't mind having branded campaigns, but that 18 to 20 ROAS is misleading. So you need to know how it fits into your overall marketing puzzle, um, your overall marketing mix. So that's just, you know, a few more examples of why there's some other metrics that are more important. Like you said, the new customer metric or MER and ROAS, it has its place, but it shouldn't be your, the only metric you pay attention to. Yeah, totally. And I think one thing to keep in mind too is that like for different businesses, different numbers are going to matter, right? Uh, I own another business that we do not have a massive customer life, uh, customer lifetime value there, right? And so for me, I'm a lot more obsessed with just pure CPA, not necessarily new customer CPA because those customers aren't coming back and buying. Now we're trying to make a, a shift there to so that our customer lifetime value is longer. But some of those numbers that I get obsessed with are different in different businesses. It's not cookie right. cutter. Right. This is not like a cookie cutter approach, but this is this is awesome to start to get you guys thinking about like, well, what do I actually need to focus on? If three years ago I had focused on new customer acquisition at this company I was just showing you guys, this this number, the 70,000 would probably be more like 150,000 today because I would have just poured money into advertising knowing I was acquiring new customers at like twenty five dollars. Right. That those were that was the heyday back then. And we didn't know that. So now I. Granted, I think Performance Max is going to bring numbers like that back. Uh, Google's Performance Max, which you guys can go back and listen to all my episodes on Pmax because I'm obsessed. But yeah, that's kind of the, the stuff that I have been looking at. Joe, you know, 2022 crystal ball looking into next year, difficult year right now. Who are the winners and who are the the ones that you know may not make it through the rest of this year and into 2023? Sure. I mean, first of all, I think the ones who know their numbers like we're talking about um, are going to be the ones who are the winners. So either they're able to stay profitable or if they have an opportunity, you know, they do grow profitably. Um, you know, believe it or not, there are some brands who are, you know, still growing 40% and still have, you know, 15, 18, 20% net profit. And so, you know, I mean, it is possible, but the brands who know their numbers, I think are one of them. Another one I'm really big on, um, and this might be the biggest thing is uh, branding and storytelling. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. I really think that uh, brands that are investing in, you know, their branding, um, investing in telling their story, have more depth to their brand, give more pe people more reasons to buy than you know just the price, but they're buying into the, the lifestyle or they're buying into that particular brand. I think that's one of the strongest moats that, that, that brands can create. Um, you know, as opposed to mm. if, if your strong suit is advertising, you're saying, hey, you know, the, the thing we're the best at is advertising. Um, I think that's great. But I think long term, the rest of this year, next year, the better differentiator is going to be having a, a, the strongest brand and, and investing in that direction. Awesome. I, I want to bring it back over into uh, when I think about that, I want to bring it back over into Performance Max. And the reason why I'm obsessed with Performance Max is it is Facebook for Google, right? Like it is what we all, you know, us old school Facebook marketers, it's what we all know, right? And the big thing when we're talking about storytelling is the YouTube component to it. 
right, is absolutely massive. You need to be able to tell a story there and connect these, you know, whatever it is, Google is saying 500 touch points. You need to be able to connect stories in through there. And again, this is why at Upgrowth Commerce, why we're obsessed with Pmax and our and the companies that we own, because I really do believe that it allows that to happen. And then also we've got Facebook and we've got SMS and email, beautiful place to tell stories. So um, all, all of that is, uh, is, is awesome, Joe. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, for sure. And, and similar to that, I mean, I would bring it back to, I mean, first of all, I need to check out Performance Max and learn more about it. You got me excited about it now that we're talking about it. But yeah, I mean, the other thing I would say is email and SMS are fantastic, helps to make your ads more profitable. So, you know, if you're making 25 to 30% of your revenue from email and SMS, then you have more room to breathe when it comes to your Facebook ads, your TikTok ads, your Google ads, and really everything works together. Um, but your margins are going to be tighter on the ad side, you know, if you're not making as much as you can from email and SMS. But yeah, again, all of them work together well. And uh, I'm, I'm bullish on Google right now. You know, TikTok, obviously, there's a lot of opportunity there. And Facebook hasn't entirely gone away. But yeah, it is interesting to see what's going on on the Google side. And, and it looks good right now. Absolutely. I, I think the problem right now, so I like love TikTok. We're doing TikTok advertising for clients over here at Upgrowth great platform. The, the problem is, well, it's, so the great thing, it's the sexy platform right now, right? Every, oh yeah, we're advertising on TikTok. And oftentimes, especially on LinkedIn, I'll ask people, oh, send me a screenshot of those results that you're getting. And rarely does somebody actually send a screenshot of them. They're more like, well, we think that they came through here. And when we turn off TikTok ads, this is what happens, but we don't actually know. Versus Google right now, where if you're getting below, like, so for instance, my performance max new customer CPAs are a fifth of what they are on Facebook, right? A fifth. That is mind boggling how low they are right now. And they're scalable. They're just, we just continue to scale and scale and scale. A friend of mine and somebody who came on this podcast before, Brian Chung from Alabaster Co is uh, just going wild. Did a million dollars last month from Performance Max. So just, I, I just want to put that out there that everyone loves to talk about TikTok ads as though there's some holy grail. I still don't know anyone who, I haven't seen any return on ad spends above two yet. So, and again, I know we're not, you know, obsessed with return on ad spend, but it is a metric. I'm not seeing anything above two. So first, think about Google. Google is the unsexy place that will probably get you way more money. Cool. No, that's good to know. I, uh, I'm going to look into that for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Joe, before I ask you the question I ask everyone, uh, any final words of wisdom when it comes to numbers and uh, people operating their business and just things that you've learned over the years? Yeah, I think the first thing is, yeah, put the time into it to know your numbers, wrestle with it until you understand it. I actually have a spreadsheet that people can use to kind of calculate their profit numbers if they want to reach out and uh, get access to it. Cool. Kind of a profit. Where can they find you? Where can they reach out to get that? Yeah, so they can reach out on Twitter at at Joseph Putnam, or they can just send me an email, joe at conversionengine.com. CO. Either of those would be a great way to cool. do it. And uh, well, we have to share it. But yeah, it's basically a, a profit calculator for e-commerce stores where you can project how much profit you'll make at different revenue levels. And that's a great place to start. But but yeah, put in the time, put in the effort, um, really know your numbers, and then that you'll be in a better position to, to grow and to win after doing that. Cool. Cool. Thanks, Joe. Joe, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? 
Secret to scaling. I'm curious to know what your answers have been, but I would say the best decision any business owner can make uh, in order to scale is to find somebody who's already done what they want to do and work with them. Mm. So, you know, let's say you want to grow to 10 million a year in revenue. I would find somebody who's already done that and work with that agency or find somebody who, mm. who could be a mentor who's already done what you do. So in my experience, the thing that provides the, the biggest shortcut and gets you where you want to go the fastest is not trying to figure out everything as you go, but finding a way to, to work with somebody who's done what you want to do. Cool. Cool. I love that. I love that too, as a confirmation of uh, some of my recent activities, taking on strategic investors too, because that's exactly what I've been thinking about is like, uh, I just don't know what I don't know. And these people do. So yeah, I've been having some really interesting conversations uh, with people uh, on that cool. side lately. Thanks, Joe. That was, uh, that was really, really good. I got three more questions for you. I hope that you're ready. Sure, I'm ready. Okay, first question, favorite tool or app that you're using? Favorite tool or app, I'm gonna give you two. One of them is is Notion, it's just kind of been using it, it helps me to stay organized, keep everything, keep all my notes and everything organized. Um, the other one is, you already mentioned it, is Triple Well. Big fan of Triple Well, love how you see all of your data at one time, gives you a really quick snapshot, You know, also allows you to track your kind of advertising data a little bit more. So yeah, those are the, the top two that I would throw out. Cool, cool, love it. Yes, yes, absolutely love Triple Whale. Um, I actually owe them a blog post on Pmax, so uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that we brought them up again. That reminds me for for all my free time that I have. Second question for you: favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to? Favorite podcast or audiobook? I, I don't actually uh, do either of those. I don't. I don't have one for you. Oh, okay, okay. Well, favorite book then. Favorite book for entrepreneurs, I would say the the first book they should read is E Myth Revisited. I'd say that's a really, oh, really important one. My favorite marketing book of all time is a book called Buzz Marketing by a guy named Mark Hughes. Have you heard of it before? I have. Yes, I've never read it before, but but heard lots okay. about it. Yeah, it's it's my favorite book. Uh, kind of talks about some things you can do to increase the chances that that your content or your your marketing or your products go viral. So I'll uh. I'll put that as my top marketing book recommendation. Awesome. Joe, uh, last question for you. If you could sit down with anybody, you get an hour with them. You can have coffee, tea, beer, wine, whatever, snack if you want. Can't be Elon Musk, who would it be? <laughs> Mark Cuban, all the way. Okay, oh, hey, I've had Mark Cuban recently too. I wanna know your reason. Well, I mean, first of all, uh, I grew up in Dallas, so there's a little bit of a Dallas connection there. He owns cool. the Mavs, uh, but that's not the main reason. I think the main reason is I, I just really appreciate the, the way he does business. You know, I like kind of his honesty and, and his straightforwardness, the way he does it. And yeah, so I, I would want to sit down to him with him because obviously he's very successful and uh, I like his style of, of doing business. Cool. Well, Joe, thanks again so much for coming on the podcast. Where, uh, just let's reiterate, where can people find out, uh, connect with you and connect with your agency as well? Sure. Yeah. So our website is conversionengine.com. So you can go there and uh, check out what we do. And then Twitter is probably the next best place. So you can find me there at Joseph Putnam and uh, happy to connect on Twitter with anybody who's there. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Joe. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity 
and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.